0: I'm Birna, a certified sex educator tackling topics at the intersection of health, culture, and sexuality. I'll answer questions ranging from the health-related to the raunchy. I want to show that we are all more alike than we might think, and our intimate lives don't begin and end in bed. This is Beyond the Bedroom. do I have a lot to say about this one so hi welcome to beyond the bedroom or welcome back and I am going to be talking about sex work specifically the ways in which we as a society talk to and about sex workers Um, and if you want to read more about like policy and deconstructing all of that I've written enough about it but if you just want to listen to me chat about the ways in which we often go about uh, protecting sex workers the wrong way this is the episode for you so if you're a sex worker if you're someone who loves sex workers if you don't like sex workers regardless this episode uh, will maybe shed some light on some nuance that you might not have thought about before I uh, personally have pretty good experience and and uh, I consider myself a good person to talk about this I Um, I have over five years of experience with uh, organizing for sex workers' rights. I have five of them in New York City. And then uh, since I moved here in 2018, like late 2018, I've been doing a lot of uh, research and work um, remotely. And it really pains me. Uh, to see the direction that the discourse is going in. And what I mean is people talk about sex workers without acknowledging that they're human beings. And you might think I'm extreme when I say that, but um, often throughout history on police reports, especially for serial murders. Uh, there is a um, note written down in the police report if a sex worker was killed especially survival based or or street sex workers, um, people that might even self identify as prostitutes or whores um, if, if one of those people is killed the police report will say no human involved so I'm not being dramatic when I talk about this. This is something that's real. It's, it's real. Um, violence against sex workers is real. And it might seem harmless to have these open debates and discussions about whether they deserve respect or not. But, you know, a sex worker is listening to those conversations. And they're internalizing them maybe. Or people who hate sex workers are now getting more of an excuse to harass and assault them. So let me begin from the beginning. So why am I now making this episode? Um, I talk about sex work enough on in you know my my personal work and my professional work to um, not really have to cover it on this podcast, right? Uh, because this podcast was more about sex ed and that scope of my work, but uh, sex education as we know it would largely not uh, be the movement it is today without the help of sex workers. And that's a fact. Um, Many sex educators uh, have roots in some form of sex work, whether it be online or stripping or, you know, uh, even things like escorting, full service, stuff like that. Um, So sex work is an umbrella term, of course. Um, And it's an umbrella term encompassing a lot of different types of sex trade and work in the sex industry. And hence why we say under the red umbrella when we talk about sex workers because of this term. And, you know, we, for those of you who don't know my background, I grew up in the United States and I moved to Iceland about, I want to say like two and a half years ago or something like that. And... I, you know, I come from a place where sex work is extremely criminalized, um, and even legal forms of it, like industry porn or OnlyFans or stripping, are very heavily uh, policed and and surveilled. And um, you know, I even I wrote a whole paper on this um, about the culture of sex work in New York City, where I deconstructed uh, the culture of stigma, surveillance, and violence. Uh, that people do unto sex workers um, and in support of sex workers' rights. Because I firmly believe that sex workers' rights are human rights, regardless of how you feel about sex work. Uh, And I'll get more into that as I go. And yes, I'm a little heated because, uh, again, why I'm making this episode is because here in Iceland, um, again, I'm from a place where it's very criminalized, Or surveilled. Here it's a little different. I'm from what's considered an end demand model, a Nordic model country, where technically uh, full service work is legal, but purchasing is illegal. And uh, I want to also make a note that porn uh, production and porn distribution here are technically illegal. Um, like you cannot, like you will not find like a legal porn set here, um, and that is it's a gray area with OnlyFans because the servers are are in the UK and uh, you're technically not producing like industry porn. And also for those of you who don't know, what I mean by industry porn is you know a production. Uh, you're on a set or not, it doesn't really matter, but it's more like there's layers involved, right? You're not just, it's not amateur, right? It's, uh, you are getting paid to show up and do your work as opposed to just doing it from your home. Um, it's, you know, you're part of the porn industry. So, so I, I can, you know, talk endlessly about how end demand is actually harmful because it creates, uh, underground networks of providers, um, having to, go out of their way to protect their client's identity and it puts shame and stigma on the person purchasing, which makes it harder because they can blackmail the, uh, provider, the sex worker into saying, you know, you can't tell anyone or I'll hurt you. Um, it also provides a huge, uh, network for sex trafficking to happen because basically, uh, you're saying, the person purchasing right is uh it's illegal so they're doing something bad you're facilitating in that Something that's illegal. You're also um, here in many end demand countries. For example, if you're a landlord and you knowingly rent out a space to a sex worker, and you are then assisting in the sex work, and that is technically illegal, or you might be, you know, providing a, a spot for it to happen, which is illegal. So for in calls, so there's a lot of layers to this, right? So people on the service might think, well, it's great because it's technically legal it's actually providing a framework for a lot of things to happen underground and a lot of frameworks for violence. So definitely if you are not familiar with why and demand is not something that many sex workers support, I encourage you to read about that. So that's the country that I'm in. And I, uh, you know, there's this person here uh, who is a pretty well-known OnlyFans uh, creator and she had a interview with a uh, pretty big publication here and she was for the most part treated with respect throughout the interview process and um, of course she got some backlash at first you know but uh, there's also a lot of support for her and she just kind of does her thing and and she's great. There was another um, interview with a younger uh, uh, pair of people and Uh, There was a lot more pushback from that. And this person, um, and I'm not going to name names because I don't want people to go after anybody because that's definitely not what I want to do. So it's not that I'm not naming names because I'm afraid or whatever. I mean, I I tagged this person in my story. But it's more that, you know, if you're listening to this months down the road and other things have happened in the the meantime, I just don't want to create more of a messy situation than it needs to be, right? Right. So there's this person and um, a woman who is saying, you know, she doesn't judge sex workers, but she is sad that they have to do that, right? So it's like, They're pushed into it. So I'm like, okay, I I get that take, you know, and, um, I understand that, you know, there's a lot of young people that are doing this and, and it might be a mistake on their part because they actually are not sure what they're getting themselves into. And I get that as well. And there's definitely all the teenagers that are groomed, um, which is of course a form of trafficking. But then it kind of the conversation veers into this weird territory where she basically is insinuating that this will be a stain on you forever, and people will not respect you at all, even if you leave the industry. uh, That your body is not worth X amount. uh, That you will not be able to find have a healthy sex life afterwards. Basically insinuating that, and that you will not be able to find a partner. Uh, Or you'll you'll have issues with a partner respecting you. And um, some of this stuff like came in and out of her story. Uh, Like I'm not sure how much actually like stayed up eventually. And uh, she said other things as well that I will um, talk about. But there was this huge outpouring of uh, support for this person here. And I was like, wow, she's not a sex worker. She's not speaking on behalf of anyone in her personal life that she knows Uh, Or she's not making that clear. So I'm very confused. Like as somebody who elevates sex workers' voices and is organized, I was confused as to why she was going about it this way. Because if you genuinely care for a population, you don't go out of your way to insinuate that they don't deserve respect regardless if they stop the behavior you dislike or not. So you're harming the people that you claim to be wanting to help. So that's already really strange to me. And then, um, just my thing is that sex workers deserve to be spoken to and about with respect. And that's what I posted in my story because my thing is that, like, I don't want to agree or disagree with what she's saying per se because, you know, she's entitled to her opinion. But at the same time, you can't talk about sex workers as if they're not human beings. Sex workers are all around us. There is a huge industry. They are all around us. And I guarantee you, if you dig deep enough in your life, you'll find someone who either has a close personal relationship with a sex worker and, or engages in sex work either as a provider or as a client. So many men in this country that go abroad especially, engage in sex work. They are consumers, they watch porn, they are clients. And I think so many women here in Iceland would be very surprised how many of their boyfriends and husbands have engaged in some form of sex work, whether it's paying a cam girl or paying for full service somewhere. Especially how many men here go to Spain, go to, uh, you know, other places that are frequented by Icelanders, um, it's not a secret. And for those of us who are close to the sex industry here in this country, we know how many consumers there are. And they are not just creepy old men. Of course, that is like a big part of being a sex worker is dealing with those people. But they're also 20-year-olds. They're also 40-year-old fathers that are married. And this is a truth that they just do not want to wrap their heads around. Um, And I put it in my story. I kind of laid it out and I said, um, sex workers deserve to be spoken to and about with respect. And if you want to help, ask directly. Talk to them. Talk to sex workers. Elevate their voices. Tell others about their demands. Sex work organizers exist in every country, even here in Iceland. There is a red umbrella organization here. Uh, you know, go. If you were very concerned about young people joining OnlyFans, for example, I don't understand why you had to go and and talk about other forms of sex work and wrap everything together. She specifically said, "There's no such thing as a happy." sex worker and the term she used was which basically means prostitute there's no such thing as a happy prostitute that's what she believes so if you believe that which you know if you don't know any sex workers personally i understand why you would believe that but um why don't you go to the source and ask what you can do to help if that's really what you feel it seems like you're just trying to distance yourself from sex work and make yourself seem like you know better and you want to guide them, but you're not speaking to them directly. You're not going to the source. So that's why I'm questioning the intentions, right? I was a sex work organizer in New York City for 5 years. I was working on policy change and I was also on the ground providing resources and health information. And some of my best friends are still in the sex industry. Some of people I consider family are sex workers they are happy they are thriving regardless if they left the industry or are still in it they deserve respect people who leave the industry and regret it someone like for example Mia Khalifa she says she doesn't necessarily regret like the work that she's all of the work that she's done but she was manipulated she was groomed from her young age she did things that she was not proud of she was only in industry porn for about three months but it blew up. She was pressured into doing things she didn't want to do, right? She still has an OnlyFans now, and she feels a lot happier taking control of her narrative and talking about, um, you know, these things and and calling out the nuance in this industry. Uh, So she deserves to be treated with respect, even though she regretted what she did, and she made mistakes, she feels like, and now she has an OnlyFans, and she's, uh, you know posting photos for money, uh, but that's because that's her choice. Um, You know, so, even though she, and she still stands up for sex workers. She, She constantly talks about, you know, how much she respects them. So, you know, that's a good example. Like I know there's mixed feelings in the sex work community about Mia Khalifa, but I'm using her as a big, you know, cause she's a big figure that people know and people hate on very publicly and, um, people try to pull apart. So it's a good case study there. If you're the type of person that's like, well, what about people who, you know, regret what they did? There is a way to also respect them, right? Um, and I want to also talk about how conflating sex trafficking and sex work are not helpful to either party. So sex trafficking um, and sex work are two different things. Sex work is consensual adults um, engaging in uh, a trade uh, of you know, sexual services for resources, be that money or whatever. Um, and I know it's very hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around how you can Uh, exchange goods for sex and not feel exploited but it is possible and it's a labor rights issue right however regardless if you think it's icky or not you need to respect the choices that adults make if they're not being pressured into that Um, and then there's this whole conversation and stuff about like well if the patriarchy didn't exist yada 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 but I want people to not go too deep into like discourse land and realize that many sex workers have already been through the discourse. They have all, you know, sex workers come in all different types of people. They are academics, they are people who dropped out of middle school, they're everywhere in between. They are, uh, regardless of their academic status, many consider themselves to be intellectuals. Talk to them, read their work, go to the source, right? Elevate their voices, right? So um, sex trafficking is often very misconstrued also. Yes, there are sex trafficking rings that um, are horrifying. There are sex trafficking uh, organizations. There are people who kidnap people and keep them in sex slavery. These are things that happen. Sex trafficking can also look like pimping, which is someone trying to be your manager, right? Uh, It can also look like, you start dating someone, and they're great. They're amazing, and they start—they're the best boyfriend you might have ever had. Slowly, they start chipping away at your worth, and they start pushing you to do things that you don't want to do, and they start traveling across uh, border lines with you and paying you to do things with other people because they, uh, you know, are either violent about it or or they emotionally manipulated you. Um, it might just look like a toxic relationship from the outside, right? That's sex trafficking. Uh, one of those politicians in the United States just got caught for trafficking of a minor because he was paying a 17-year-old to go across state lines and have sex with him and travel with him. Um, people were saying, see, this is why sugaring is bad. Um, no, that's she's a minor. She's not consenting. That makes it trafficking. So there's nuance. And many sex workers are against vehemently and vocally against sex trafficking and most if not all sex workers are against the conflation of the two terms because it is extremely harmful for sex trafficking victims to come out and say i was trafficked only to be criminalized for sex work because maybe they're not believed if you're in that situation where you have the uh horrible boyfriend who tries to pimp you out right y- you might not be believed it might be well like well you decided to be with him you you know yada yada so there's that right there's this uh you know conflation of the two it doesn't help either party because sex workers who are maybe sexually assaulted on the job or um, something happens they're robbed whatever they can't come forward because they might be seen as trafficked and um, that's, you know, the whole rights, not rescue conversation. So of course there's people who regret it. Of course there's people who love it. There's people who felt pressured, people who felt empowered. It is impossible to generalize such a huge population of people. Sex work is an umbrella term, like I said. So I'm talking about industry professionals, dominatrix, strippers, uh, only fans, girls, service street workers this is an umbrella term there's no way to generalize this many people right and young women are being pressured into this kind of work absolutely and I know um, I'm a very different person at 25 than I was at 18 Um, and young women are also pressured into like doing stuff like sugaring where you have a sugar daddy and it's basically just um is a form for a lot of people of full service work, which is another term for like escorting, et cetera. Um, But with more kind of dating involved uh, and, you know, for a lot of young women in college in America, especially they're pressured into doing that because of their tuition. And also it's just seen as like a cool thing to do uh, without, you know, taking into consideration the risks and harms and sex workers themselves are Often, the people who are most vocal about the harms of the industry and harms of things like sugaring that might seem innocent and they're not. I can say these things and still support sex workers. And I can say these things and say, um, everybody has a different experience with sugaring, for example. So yes, young women are are being pressured into this kind of work, but why aren't you going after the people applying pressure? Why are we not talking about the patriarchal standards of youth and sexuality, the, the standards of youth and porn as a result, the pressure of young women from people that uh, should not be talking to 17, 18 year old girls to begin with? If you are a 40 year old man, you have nothing in common with that girl, leave her alone. That's my take. Why are you hitting on a girl who's a teenager? Why are we not shaming them? Why is that okay? We should be empowering young women to make their own choices by shaming the people that are trying to take advantage of them. I heard uh, this great quote once that was like, you can tell someone to leave a bad situation, like a bad relationship over and over and over, but they're not going to leave until they feel empowered enough to do it. So we should be empowering the choices that people make and providing a compassionate, compassionate, Resourceful safety net for them if they decide to leave and if they don't decide to leave and they love it we should still be there for them that's my take and I in my life have I done things that I regretted? absolutely but do I have people in my corner who love me and support me that made it all worth it in the end? absolutely you will find your people if you are a sex worker uh, I'm here for you um, I have friends that will be there for you. You are loved. You are worthy of respect. You're a human being, and um, and I I will. That's the hill I will die on. Uh, so when somebody is vocal in this way against sex workers without understanding the nuance of this conversation, yes, I will raise my voice. Um, Because you cannot tell me that people in my life that I consider like family are not worthy of respect, you know? So I really think we should be having these conversations about how a lot of industry porn is ran and regulated solely by men who are more interested in making money than anything else. And there's also a lot of people that are fighting for legal uh rights and policy change for industry porn in the united states especially in california where for example a lot of legislation about uh industry porn is pushed and lobbied by adult entertainers not necessarily the producers and and the execs the adult entertainers themselves Uh, because they're not you know it's very it's very rare that we think of any other kind of politicized occupation as being both the victim and the criminal and this is why a lot of the times people conflate sex work and drug use for example because that's kind of similar in terms of how we think of them as both victims and criminals at the same time right but um i don't like conflating the two because they're both very different behaviors and um Uh, you know, of course there's similarities, there's overlaps, but the same could be said about like a lot of different behaviors. Right. But in terms of how we, um, think we need to rescue everybody, if you think you need to like rescue someone, chances are you're not going to listen to their point of view. You've already made up their mind, your mind. So, um, Like I said, we need to provide compassionate care to people who want to leave this behind. And we need to, you know, show respect and compassion for the people who choose to do this consentingly and willingly. Uh, Young women who leave the industry or say, oh my God, I've made a huge mistake. And if you go on Instagram and say, yeah, this is going to ruin you for the rest of your life. How do they feel now? How do you think you made those people feel, you know? Um, You need to be careful because sex workers are listening. They are reading. They're all around you. So it's really harmful in that regard. And that's why it upsets me. Because if you're trying to help the people that you're saying, well, you know, X, Y, Z is going to happen to you. They're probably just going to want to stay because like, what's the point now? and then you're pushing them maybe to do things and they're internalizing these messages and you're doing you're it's backfiring right and um you know if if we allowed people to say i made porn and i don't anymore please respect my privacy we should respect their privacy it wouldn't be such a big deal right and if we allowed people to say i make porn and i love it respect my decision It wouldn't be a big deal either. Unfortunately, reality kicks in and people don't respect that, right? And that's why uh, I want to share some practical and realistic warnings and advice from sex workers themselves that my friends have sent in and people uh, in my life have sent in and that I use as well. So uh, one is... um, and also, I want to mention that I'm not saying this to be like, oh, don't do this ever. I'm saying if you're gonna do this, you need to know the risks involved, but you're still worthy of respect and care and love regardless. That's you know, there's going to be people that are writing for you in your corner, but you need to know these things. So, yes, it will be leaked. You have to be okay with everyone in your life, including your parents, teachers, etc., possibly seeing this. Um you will become a bigger target for harassment, uh, especially sexual harassment and assault. Um, unfortunately, being a sex worker puts a big scarlet A on you and a target, but, um, and you can still be a sex worker and respect yourself, period. <laughs> um, but, you know, you might be discriminated against in future employment, especially childcare. Um, you. Will have to become your own biggest advocate. You'll have to develop a thick skin. People will project their fear and hatred onto you. And I promise you're still worthy of respect. And I know um, this quote, I'm not sure of the source of this, but it goes, it floats around a lot. And that quote is um, Sex work is dangerous because of the violence we perpetrate against sex workers. Uh, it's not. Um, I mean that meets, might seem obvious, but to some people that's really eye-opening. Um, don't use your government name, carry a weapon or spray, protect your IP address, uh, and um, pay your taxes, and if you're eligible for that. And if you know you're you're not, you need to of course protect your family, protect your income, etc. But you know, and you also need to be really great at screening. Um, sex workers are incredible uh in terms of the safety and screening tools that they have created and shared so unfortunately after FOSTA and sesta passed in the u.s um there aren't as many screaming screaming there aren't as many screening services available online to sex workers Uh, the other thing i'm going to say is that no this is not quick cash uh sex workers will be the first people to tell you that there is um Good days, bad days, good months, bad, you know, good shifts, bad shifts, right? Uh, It's not quick money. It's not easy money either. It's a lot of work and digital sex work, even though it's considered, you know, like a a safer route or whatever. um, It's a lot of work. I mean, it's content creation and uh, there's a lot of effort and emotional effort and, and time and money a lot of the time going into it. Self-care is extremely important, and the book Thriving in Sex Work by Lola Davina is amazing for helping that work-life balance. So uh, if you want to read more books about sex work uh, written by sex workers and sex workers, activists, and organizers, you can head to my reading list on my website. Um, And I want to also shout out to um, Balesa Co., Uh, they're technically industry porn, but they, um, operate with ethical standards. And, you know, I say ethical in quotes because like that always, you know, is dependent on the person involved in the sex work, (laughs) obviously what they consider ethical, um, like the sex workers themselves and a lot of, um, conversation and compassionate compassion is happening on their sets and also on their, um, social media accounts I think they're doing really important work and they're made with women in mind and I appreciate the the work that they do and shout out also to Dipsy for their erotic content and they provide excellent erotic content that's really steamy without like the headache of being dragged into the porn discourse right Um, and I'm also working on erotic stories here in Iceland in Icelandic which is really fun uh, and if you want to read more about sex work, labor rights and the like, you can head to my reading list, um, or just Google my name and sex work and my, um, stuff will come up. But basically, um, my takeaway is that there's a way to go about this conversation. If you genuinely care about sex workers, um, there's a way to go about this and say, I'm really concerned about the young, young women, like teenagers that are being kind of pulled into this industry. I'm here for you. I, here are the resources. Um, you're worthy of respect and love and we're here for you. If you are make, If you feel you're, you're making a mistake, reach out. We will talk to you. And if you don't and you really can feel like this is something you want to do, here are some resources to keep you safe. It's that simple, you know? And go after these stupid assholes that are harassing sex workers and uh, making it unsafe to walk around in this world as not just a sex worker, but as a sexually liberated person. I have been harassed and stalked and assaulted for my sexual orientation, my identity, my uh, work, uh, etc. Um, and. You know, why are people writing for those people that do those things to me? Why are people defending them? You know, it's, it's, it really sucks and it's really scary. And I, um, I encourage all of you to realize that someone you love is either a sex worker or is engaged in some way in sex work. And, uh, it's a super politicized, (laughs) politicized discourse. And, um, We should be speaking to people uh, like human beings. That's my takeaway, and this is not the first time and definitely not the last time I will talk about sex work. Uh, But I hope that if you, for example, are extremely against sex work, you at least have some better understanding of how to go about uh, expressing those things in this world. Because I think we are all deserving of care and respect, and I love the sex workers in my life, Um, I love the people who engage with sex work in my life, and um, I am not ashamed to openly admit that. If you want to support my podcast, uh, use my referral link and use the code birtna 10 to buy yourself something nice. Uh, maybe a vibrator, maybe a candle from Maud. Uh, the link will be in the description and also on my site. You can always reach out to me at Beyond Bedroom Podcast as well. Um, and I'm here for you and I love you. Okay, bye!